Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. All right, good. So you're ready? <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, awesome. Hi there, Driven Woman. I have another amazing guest for you today. And I'm so excited to, to read her very, very impressive bio for you. All right. <laughs> so my guest today, she's a creative human resource strategist who holds a bachelor's in public sector management, a master's in economic and social development, and a graduate certificate in peace and conflict studies. I never know this about you. As a driven and accomplished professional, she is focused on providing value-added solutions, a skill she demonstrated while serving as a member of the Industrial Relations Subcommittee of the Labor Market Reform Commission. Ooh. That must have been exciting. In 2017, she was named Jamaica Youth Ambassador to the United Nations and was awarded the Prime Minister's Youth Award for Excellence. The book Climate Change Adaptation, authored by her, gives a clear picture of her passion for research and her analytical skills. In 2019, she authored her second book entitled The Best Fit, performance-based behavioral and cognitive interview tools. Awesome. She was employed as technical officer for the National Export Strategy at Jamaica Promotions, then later went on to serve as project manager for the Rights Awareness Program at the British Council. Her career shift into the HR profession began with her role as a human resource officer. This time, she led and managed HR functions for over 600 plus employees. She now runs her own career coaching and team building firm and is a CEO and founder of the Charity Youth Force of Sustainable Development Movement and director and founder of the Caribbean Society of Human Resource Professionals. As a noted conference presenter and keynote speaker, she has a strong reputation for conducting interactive sessions that take participants on a learning journey. So make welcome my guest, Rochelle James. How are you, Rochelle? I am doing great. I am happy to be online. We we're supposed to do this last year, but because of my hectic schedule, we didn't get a chance. So I'm mm-hmm. super excited to start the year off. With yeah, you. yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is pretty cool. First of all, everyone, if you haven't recognized by now, Rochelle is from Jamaica, and <laughs> I'm so excited about the fact that I get to interview Jamaicans because. We are just really, really impressive people. Oh, <laughs> no yes, lie. No lie. I mean, there is this phrase, we're little, but we're talawa. So even though we're small, we're very mighty and very impactful. And I just love that about Jamaicans. I'm really glad to have you here. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> all right. So, Rochelle, uh, after all of these accolades that I've you know, read out, uh, do you ever feel a little nervous that you have to live up to some major expectation when people read your bio out loud? Yeah, you know, every time someone reads my bio out loud, I sit there and I'm trying to say, is this me? <laughs> and 
do, what do I say no after they've read it? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to disappoint people who you've heard this amazing bio. And then when mm-hmm. I speak, it's like, oh, it's her. But um, <laughs> I do have that feeling sometimes. But at the end of the day, I keep myself grounded by remembering what my focus is. And mm-hmm. my focus is and has always been to ensure that I'm leaving a mark on the world that I can be proud of. Yes, exactly. And that will always allow you to, to, to be your very best in whatever stage you're on. Nice. Yeah, man. Tell us a little bit about what life was like growing up in Jamaica. Well, I presume it, it's Jamaica. Well, yes, I did grow up in Jamaica. So mm-hmm. growing up, my father was a banker. He was mm-hmm. a bank manager. And he had to travel to different parishes. So I've lived in practically every parish mm-hmm. there is with the exception of St. Thomas. I don't know why we didn't. Yeah. So the beauty of living in, in so many different places is that you get to meet new people, yes, which is a given, but you get to experience the island in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So I've, I've attended a number of different high schools. I attended a number of different primary schools. The, my favorite of each was when I attended St. Thomas Bay Primary. Mm-hmm. I loved it there. And also Hampton for two reasons. I enjoyed ending my high school career at Hampton because that is where I found my best friend. Mm. And at St. Anne's Bay Primary, I found another lifelong friend. So the, the milestones in my life that are tied to real and true and lasting friendships that's 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 what i would say would be the highlight of my my growing up years nice so when you uh left high school did you always know that you wanted to get into the hr field oh gosh no i didn't wow (laughs) when i left high school i actually was unsure what i wanted to study Mm -hmm. i wanted to go to carimac because i said i could talk and then Mm -hmm. probably enough and then send me asphalt i'm a chat too much (laughs) so because of that i had this thought in my head that i was going to the media and communications i did one hr course and that one hr course that i did made me fall in love Mm, interesting yeah having been thrown into such a massive role shortly after completing your studies what made you feel confident enough to to actually deliver on what was required of you my boss had faith in me Mm. I must say that I've been blessed with some good bosses throughout my professional career I won't say good in the sense that all of them were amazing to work with mm-hmm. but I learned a lot from yeah man I, we, we all have those horrors. yes but I learned a lot from each of them and I will say that the the leadership that I got to witness experience would be the hallmark of my career mm. the, my first boss at JPS was a man and it was my first time reporting to a man of integrity. Because mm, wow. I'd reported to men before, you know, but it was it was a pleasant experience up until mm-hmm. that point. And he made me understand what it meant for a boss to take care of their staff. Yes. And then moving on from there, I was reporting to Tanya McDonald Tomlinson. And trust me, Tanya. Tanya demonstrated what female leadership is for mm-hmm. me. I've had excellent female leaders since then, but she has been, she was the first. I mm-hmm. hope I don't offend anybody else who had to report. <laughs> so she was the first for me. And it was a turning point where I came to understand that it wasn't just about the job, 
but it was about how you represented your brand. Mm. So it wasn't about the company brand, it was about brand Rochelle. Mm-hmm. And she made me understand how I had to, each decision I made on a day-to-day basis helped me to demonstrate my brand and to affirm my brand. And when I made decisions that were contrary to my brand, then I'm living a life. Yes. She, she made, she embodied that for me. And I, and I think, um, how I might continue to grow and mature as a, as a female leader was because of the experience of working with those two persons, worked with mm-hmm. other leaders, learned a lot mm-hmm. from them, but for my, a turning point in my career was working for them both. Nice, nice. You know, what kind of stuck out for me was when you, you, you used the phrase female leader. Did mm-hmm. you find that uh, it was rare to find other women who were also in leadership positions? Uh, what were the, the dynamics like? Did you notice a difference between how the women naturally led versus how the men led? What were some of the things that you have noticed along the way? So, yes. There is a significant difference. Okay. And why I call it a turning point for me, you know, is because up until that experience, mm-hmm. I didn't have positive encounters with other female managers. Mm-hmm. And I don't say female leaders, because mm-hmm. if you're a woman and you're leading or a man and you're leading and you're not coaching, mentoring and bringing mm-hmm. up other leaders behind you, you're mm-hmm. not a leader. You're mm-hmm. just a manager. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I encountered a number of female and male managers, but the distinction in my mind was that they took time and care to ensure that they were modeling the kind of leadership Mm. they wanted those reporting to them to embody Mm. as well. There is a difference between how men lead and women lead and the differences include, and and I'll use an analogy, how parents operate with their children. If someone is coming to hit a child and a mother and a father are standing there, the the father will jump in front of the child and the mother will chase the person who's about to hit the child. So the mother (laughs) will go into attack mode. Yeah, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the father is going to stand in defense. Mm -hmm. And it, it is not a negative thing. I think that's how we're created as human beings. So even at work, you'll find when you when 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 you are reporting to a male leader that same behavior comes out where they're going to stand and protect their team if they're a strong leader mm-hmm. and then they're not going to throw people under the bus ready mm-hmm. right but for a female leader if someone comes and tries to attack the team and the quality of work from the team then they jump into attack mode mm-hmm. right so it, it, it if, if you have the blessing of reporting to both and Mm -hmm. or being mentored by both then you understand how to create that balance of feminine and masculine energy Mm. in your own leadership style yes yes i love this i knew that our conversation would have been really insightful based on the work that you do but Mm -hmm. this the analogy that you just shared is really powerful (laughs) really really powerful I'll share a little story with you. I was, was in Jamaica recently. So I live in Barbados, but I was visiting in Jamaica and I was sharing the analogy with my parents because mm-hmm. something happened and my mother was ready in attack mode. 
and my father was saying, well, I'm not even going to bother with that person. It's just people <laughs> can avoid them or avoid that situation. Yes. And I was there laughing and they asked me why and I shared the analogy with them. And even without thinking about it, their response to my explanation of the analogy that it was saying, yeah, sometimes you just need to stand in some people's way. And mommy said, no, you need to stop them. <laughs> 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 exactly they were basically validating your analogy yeah, they were validating it they were validating it wow that's amazing i'm glad it went deep because i do think that men and women lead based on the you know societal expectations the things that we do naturally growing up it's gonna shape how we lead and mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes because of the notion of equality and the desire to have that in every Mm -hmm. sense. Persons sometimes feel offended when you highlight that there are differences between how men and women lead. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, we are different as much as we want to have equal opportunity. We are different. And I think sometimes the differences are meant to be embraced and it, it, it shouldn't always be taken as something offensive or to indicate that one is better than the other. We're different Mm -hmm. and we complement each other. I'm glad for that insight. So what led you to decide that it was time to launch your own company with the emphasis on career coaching? So I started getting calls Mm. and emails from persons asking me to help them, to coach them. And I've been doing it for free for a Mm -hmm. very long time. Yeah. And if anyone out there is considering getting a career coach, first thing I'd say is call me. But mm-hmm. the second thing mm-hmm. is it is a big investment. So all these it years is. I was doing it for free. It was costing me a great deal. Mm-hmm. Then transitioning to Barbados, I was searching for a job for a good while. And someone said to me, funny enough, she's my, she's my mentor now. She said to me, why are you trying to get a job? Mm-hmm. Said because you know I need to earn a living, but you've been coaching people. Don't you think that the Lord is leading you down this road? Like, do you really think that if you were supposed to get a job with your qualifications, with your experience, there would be anything or anyone that could hinder you? Maybe this is the time for you to step out and do your own thing. Mm. And I started reflecting on it and taking it seriously. And my husband encouraged me as well and said, "Listen." I've been telling you this for a very long time. Um, you need to launch out on your own. And I said, okay, let me give it a shot. And here we are. Yeah, so. Here I am. <laughs> That's amazing, uh, Rochelle. And I'm glad that you decided to do that. In terms of the persons that you work with, do you find that they are mainly uh, from the Caribbean space? I remember speaking to a guest earlier and I was saying, I really want more persons to be to see the value of coaching and then her mm-hmm. reaction was, was that well coaching is not for the masses <laughs> and I thought about it and I'm like yeah because it really does take the type of per- a certain type of person to see the value in it have you seen where persons readily jump to the idea that they should pursue they should invest in in coaching for themselves or do you find that it's mainly persons from the corporate space where their company um, reaches out to you? Like, how do you normally get clients? That's, that's the gist of it. And how hard you have to work to, to, to market yourself. 
So I'm always working to get clients. Mm-hmm. So that's my first, my first um, reality, harsh reality. Mm-hmm. However, I will say that persons sometimes confuse advice givers mm-hmm. with mentors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let me do it this way. There are three things that we all need in our life. You need a coach, you need a mentor, and you need a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am prepared to mentor an individual. So each year I might take on one person mm-hmm. or two persons for mentorship because mentorship is very intense, very involved, and is a long-term commitment. So after right. like five years, you, you end up with a new mentor thereabout. Mm-hmm. With your coach, you can have your coach for a period of time. And I like it too. Glenn Mills, he was Usain Bolt's coach. Mm-hmm. He was not concerned about Usain the person. He was not um, concerned about Usain the businessman. He was not concerned about Usain the family man. He was mm-hmm. only concerned about Usain the athlete. Yes. And there was a target for him to win medals. So that's where I come in. Mm-hmm. So it's career-based. You want to transition and you want to move to the next role, not next company, because let's be honest now, you might move from one stressful work environment to another stressful work environment. Mm-hmm. So I don't help you to move from company to company. You're transitioning now to another role or another mm-hmm. stage in your life and you're taking another step on the ladder. Yeah. That's where a coach comes in. Um, a sponsor now, if you have a good coach, you have a good mentor, you will get nowhere without a strong sponsor. Mm-hmm. And your sponsor is simply somebody who has achieved more than you already. They're probably in a role you want to be in in the, in the future or at, they're at a level where they can promote you to that role. But their sponsorship of you is not financial. It is a sponsorship of bragging. So mm. they go around and they're telling people that Sophia is going to be great. She's going to make it. She's wait until you see Sophia taking the stage. And persons are preparing now to witness your greatness. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. come to them, their sponsor has already prepared and left the door ajar for you to open it. Mm-hmm. Right? So I tell my clients that if you're coming to me, which, which some deters some persons, but I'm, I'm, I accept that. If you're coming to me, you're not coming to me for one session. Right. Or cannot, be. Me, cannot be. Cannot be. If that is the case, then I'm not the person for you. The only one-off sessions I, I carry out are for interview prep. Mm-hmm. But if you're coming to me for like resume writing, I don't take your resume, put it in a Word document or put it in a, in a PDF and send it back to you. That's not how my sessions work. If you're sending me your resume, we're going to have a conversation first about what the third job, what the third job down the line is going to look like for you. Mm-hmm. So that the next time you are applying for a job opportunity, you don't need to come to me to update your resume because you already know how to do it. Right. So I'm preparing you and giving you tools. And that's what, what makes my technique a little bit different because the intention is not to keep people in this endless loop of dependency, but to equip you to, to manage and to build your career on your own. Mm, nice. How do you organize your packages for clients? So I organize my packages based on four sessions. The first session is always free mm-hmm. because that is an opportunity now for us to get to know each other and for you to know if you want to work with Rochelle, if you like Rochelle's personality. And that, that first session, I give you a rundown after speaking with you what the work your info is looking like. So if you're not interested in doing work, 
I am not the coach for you. Mm -hmm. But if you are ready to actually work at building a career to keenly and intently what following my guidance and advice, then we're, then, I, then we're ready to go. The next three sessions, we have a session where I focus on your professional brand, which includes your LinkedIn profile, what your resume looks like, what your CV looks like, what your overall profile looks like. Um, I do 360, assess, 360 degree assessments, which is a survey that is mm -hmm. shared with you it is shared with your family, your friends, your co-workers, your colleagues, your loved ones, everybody who has to interact with you at any level. I like to use persons that are new in your life and also persons that have been mm. here forever. And so what they have to say about you. And then I compare that to what you have, your completion of the same form, what you say about yourself. So if you mm. say that your brand is about honesty, but everybody else around you said, listen, you have to take what, what Rochelle said are doing as well. We need to work at it, right? So we see where there is misalignment. And I also help you to understand that not every bit of feedback you've gotten from the forum has to be, oh gosh, I'm going to change this about myself. Mm -hmm. So we decide what to accept. So if person say, boy, you're a hard taskmaster, yeah, man, we're going to work with that. We're going to accept it because that is the brand that you want. Mm -hmm. But if they say, boy, you, are, you have a mean streak, then okay, how are we going to yeah. tone it down? How are we <laughs> going to manage the anger and the aggression? And I'm, I'm going to give you little activities now on what, we're going to, what you have to accept because even that is a process. Mm -hmm. When you're mm -hmm. accepting things about yourself, you're accepting that you're a hard taskmaster, but you want to be this flexible person, but you're not. And that is fine. Yeah. So working through accepting it and now working through over the next months to transition into this is who I am. These are the deliberate changes that I'm making. And then I help you to find a mentor and or a sponsor, depending mm -hmm. on which one you don't yet have. Helping you to identify that person, helping to getting the connections going so that you can you can build those natural relationships so that you have identified a sponsor or a mentor. And then I help you to transition to the next stage. We're looking now, what is the next job and what you need to study, what you need to do, which qualifications or certifications are best for your career for that next job. Mm -hmm. My listeners from over 34 countries have certainly gotten a proper rundown <laughs> of what you do, Rochelle. So I mm -hmm. want you to tell us a little bit about your recent book and uh, what was the motivation behind writing it? The motivation behind writing it, and I'm probably going to be talking about Tanya a little bit more now. Mm -hmm. So Look like I remember, need to get Tanya on the show. <laughs> man, you do, you do. She has a wonderful story worth sharing. I can tell her that Rochelle said it. Okay. So I was tasked with the responsibility of recruiting for a director-level post at JPS. Mm -hmm. And the VP at the time said, listen, I don't want to do the normal thing and... These were the, the this, this is the criteria that I'm working with. This is the kind of person that I'm looking for. So let's be, I'm allowing you to be creative. And I said, you sure? And then I went to Tanya and Tanya said, listen, be as creative and out there as you want to be. And I shared some mm. of my ideas with her and she said, yes, I love it. <laughs> Where I'm thinking she needed to say to me, Rochelle, calm down. But she said, run with it, do it. I'm on board. And we incorporated 
some activities that at the time when I shared it with other persons, no man, this is foolishness, it's ridiculous. But we incorporated those ridiculous activities into the interview mm-hmm. and we started over time, my colleague, my other, my other business partner, the other business partners at, at JPS, my colleagues started utilizing those tools in their interviews. Okay. And we realized that we had, we had inadvert- inadvertently started a trend and found that other colleagues across the region that I shared it with, they wanted to learn more about the tools and they were utilizing them in different ways in the interview process. And as such, the book was, was born. I sat down last year and I said, okay, listen, I'm going to compile all this. And I was tentative about it at first, but best piece of advice I've ever gotten. My girlfriend said to me, don't, cause I was worried that if I overshared this information with persons who weren't friends or weren't close to me, they'd steal my ideas. <laughs> you understand? And that is, that yeah. is some, when you, when you're a creative person and you've experienced situations where people run off with your idea, that is a very real fear. And she said, don't let other people's lack of integrity limit your creativity. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I got up and I said, you know, she's right. And decided to self-publish mm-hmm. and launch the book last year. Nice. You must be so happy that you decided to take that advice because now that has added so much credibility to your own branding and what you do and another income stream for you and, and another means of consulting with companies in the future. So I'm glad you did that. Um, that's a really powerful quote. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm glad. I'm glad I did too. I'm glad my friend encouraged me. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually in the process now because for a long time, I've been, my father has been writing reflections on leadership. Mm-hmm. And he himself is a quite accomplished leader. And la, this um, late last year, we said, okay, we're going to write a book together. Yeah. So we, start, yes, we started so working on that. Yeah. So hopefully it, we, we'll be able to launch it this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, looking forward to that. Late last year into this year, um, I'm seeing so many persons uh, getting into the writing spirit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is oh, really, yes. really good. Which is really, really good. I myself have started a transcript. Uh, mm-hmm. But editing is not my favorite part. <laughs> Well, well, we can talk about the editing bit of it because I've done a bit, I've done a bit, a bit of editing myself. But as you mentioned, a lot of persons get bitten with the writing bug. I'll also encourage people to get bitten with the reading bug to people <laughs> because yes. it's sad to think that you're writing books and you're not reading any. Yes, and exactly. You might not be able to read 30 for the year, but it is always good to have content that you can pull on exactly. because that is how that is how you expand your knowledge base mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and be mm-hmm. careful what you're reading because it's not everything that is written in a book should be read exactly exactly <laughs> that's true it, you know yeah. you have to make sure that um it's coming from the right source and uh, the right intent and you have to be so what's the word intuitive about what you receive yes you know? yes, yes exercising wisdom Mm-hmm. And another mm-hmm. thing I find too is um, when I'm reading, because of lately I've been reading a lot of books about well, women's leadership, of course, business development. And I find that you really have to be careful about 
knowing and understanding the background of the author because that shapes their perspective so many times. Like, for example, a book I'm reading now, I won't name the book, but Mm -hmm. it it was irritating for me (laughs) every time (laughs) the person was making reference to a black female leader, she would highlight Mm -hmm. the fact that the person is African-American. And I'm like, this is... America is such a funny place <laughs> because mm-hmm. even in this content that's supposed to empower women, it's almost as though because it's so strange to see an African-American mm-hmm. woman leader that's earning six-figure income, like mm-hmm. it needed to be said. And I'm like... It needed to be stated. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. we haven't gotten to the point where you don't need to make reference to a person's race. But I mean... The book has good content, and um, I, I'm just able to look past that because I recognize what the socioeconomic climate is like in that in the country. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have a few of those references, but don't hold it against the person. That's, you know, that's how I look at it. Yes, and you also what 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 is important too. You have to know where you are in your own journey mm-hmm. because you might not be in a like your mature enough as a leader to recognize it and Mm -hmm. then still read the book and not have it impact you. Some of us are not mature enough for that. Yeah, some people would be like, we can't bother with this book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the author is this um, like trust fund baby, Caucasian, very privileged. And, Mm -hmm. you know, her version of hardship and the hardship of Maybe the average person totally but different. But I'll add that it you know? is important to read books like that because it gives you a perspective that you cannot find. Exactly, 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 mm. um, exactly. It's uh, one of the reasons why I like to read from those authors is to compare uh, compare experiences because mm-hmm. when you've lived a life where you've had to work extremely hard for every single thing, and then you encounter someone who really did not have to, but then they mm-hmm. encountered some amount of strife and they had to figure it out. And you're like, wow, you, you, you almost become a little grateful for some of those challenges that you had because yes. of how resilient they made you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like mm-hmm. comparing the experiences like that. As a new entrepreneur, you know, working on your own, how do you manage to stay productive and not get caught up in the fact that, oh, I have all this time in the world to myself. Let me just sleep all day. <laughs> well, the, you know, the, that's not the, the reality. Memo nope. The memo <laughs> I didn't get was that as an entrepreneur, you have no life. Nobody <laughs> right. told me this. Yes. And I learned the hard way because... I spend, what I have to do now is make a deliberate effort to mm-hmm. have me time yes. or, you know, five o'clock comes, you leave the office, mm-hmm. but if I don't work, I don't get paid. Right. So it's, it's, it's a very different dynamic when you look and you've been working all day and then the sun comes up and it's another day mm-hmm. and you have not stopped working because you can't pass off the work to another staff member. Right. Your boss not going to pick up the slack for you. And so far, I'm my own boss and my boss has not approved any vacation for me yet. <laughs> so it is a very different dynamic. It is, it is something that 
you have to make a conscious decision every day that listen, I need to remember to stop and to pause and to do these mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. when you're when you have a new business and the risk taking, the risks that I've had to take, I don't know if I would have taken them um back in the day. Like yeah. yeah. That right. was a part of the reality that I, that I didn't realize at first because I was mm-hmm. more risk averse before. Mm-hmm. But now I'm finding myself more open to bigger risks because I understand that in business, you have to take risks in order to reap rewards. Right, right, definitely. Mm-hmm. So how has the entrepreneurial journey affected your relationship with your husband? Has there been changes since you started on that? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you manage it? Because I know that's a fear for a lot of persons uh, going into it because I think that it may... Uh, negatively affect their key relationships and mm. so they're very hesitant but how have you managed to to just deal with it and be with the adjustment as a partnership so i've been lucky enough to have a partner who is extremely supportive mm-hmm. so my husband understands the journey that i'm on and so, so sometimes when he realizes that business is slow i don't even have to say anything he'll come and say oh you mm-hmm. know I, ra- I ran a campaign for you I did some mm. ads oh, for you online. Really? Yeah, man. Look yeah, at that. He's like that. Wow. So he understands the passion in it. The good thing is that people don't notice, but I can be a shy person. Mm-hmm. And it has forced me not to be shy. Because if someone asks you to come and speak somewhere, I don't have the luxury of saying no. Because mm-hmm. that no that I would say is no to all the other little opportunities that would come up. So you exactly. so say yes. And your knee is shaking, having somebody there to say, yeah, man, you can do it. Don't worry. You're fine. I'll be there. Or just even sit in the back of the room taking videos so that you can post it online later. Nice. All of those things add value. But in terms of how we, we manage our us time, yeah. we, we've set aside a day every week that is just us. Not to go, nice. we don't go out, but it's just the, the time for us to connect. So every Friday, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we are, Friday is for us. Nice. nice. And then we, we tend to do a lot of recreational activities. So like going out for picnics, going out to the park, you know, making, making that kind of deliberate effort. So just like how you schedule meetings, you schedule mm-hmm. sessions, you schedule one-on-one, we schedule, which it sounds... Boy, it's, it doesn't sound as romantic at first. But when you get into the groove of it, you know, you realize that it is way more romantic than hoping that the other person will <laughs> exactly. put down the laptop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, awesome oh. tips for the... So we have added that bit of structure to our, to our lives. It really doesn't sound sexy. If you yes. don't do it, then, you know, the end of the week may come and you may, you may just be sleeping in the same bed, but you don't know what, what is happening in the person's world. And you can't oh, afford yes. for that to happen. Um, you just see Monday roll right back mm-hmm. around and, and you've like, not What's had happening? a chance to check in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have, we have times to when we actually shut down. So in mm-hmm. other words... No computer, no laptop. And we're not talking about work. We're talking about foolishness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shooting the movies. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. So I want you to share with me what's the best advice. Well, you shared an amazing advice earlier, but what's been the best and worst advice you've been given throughout your journey from corporate to 
to, to entrepreneurship, you know, whichever experience you want to lean on? The worst advice I've been given is you have to listen to the persons who were there before you. Worst advice I've ever been given. You'd never, you don't have to listen to them. You mm-hmm. hear what they're saying. You evaluate what they're saying. You assess what they're saying. But not because you did it this way and it worked for you means that I will do it the same way and it will work for me. Right. So in all things, exercise wisdom. The best piece of advice I've gotten, and I shared it with you already, don't allow other people's lack of integrity to hinder your creativity. And it, it, you can apply it to any area of your life. Because mm-hmm. I have. I'll toss a third one in there for good measure. When my grandmother died, my husband and I were dating at the time. And he said to me, we were talking about her eulogy and just reflecting on mm-hmm. it. And he was saying, he asked me, very powerful question. Are you writing your resume or your eulogy? Mm. I said, okay. And I sat down and it had me thinking for a very long time. And I started to change the way I lived to reflect the kind of eulogy I wanted. You've, if you've been to funerals, sometimes you go and you hear people talking about, oh, they had disqualifications and they were there. And that is the reflection of who they are. That is their resume. When my grandmother passed away, there wasn't any mention of her academic qualifications mm. or her accolades. It, her eulogy focused purely and primarily on how she served and wow. how she gave and how she loved. And wow. that is the kind of life I want to live. Amazing. Yeah, that was very powerful, Rochelle. Had me thinking. <laughs> my final question to you, Rochelle, uh, is what keeps you driven? The opportunity to wake up each day. Mm. The fact that I open my eyes and I'm able to take a breath, my mind and my body is intact. It means that God has planned and prepared something for me to do. So I just mm-hmm. need to keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. I'll rest when I'm, I'll rest when I'm dead. I'll sleep. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Rochelle, for your time and sharing so many powerful words of wisdom and nuggets. I feel like we need to do something together. Um, oh, yes. I, I don't know, maybe when you get back to Jamaica or I come to Barbados, I've always wanted. Like, I always want to come to the Caribbean, <laughs> travel the Caribbean. Mm. So I feel like we should definitely have a chat about that soon, about what we could possibly do together. Because career coaching and executive coaching kind of goes hand in hand. Oh, uh, yes. So it would be nice for us to probably both speak to an audience at some point and share some of what we know with them. So I'd love mm-hmm. to talk about that. So enjoy the weather in Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I will. And it was really a pleasure being on your podcast. Yes. I enjoy it. And I look forward to another opportunity to share with you. All right. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Driven Woman podcast. Be sure to head over to sophiabryan.com and check out my free resources tab. I love hearing from you. So my DMs are open and you can follow me at underscore Sophia Bryan and Sophia Bryan JA on Instagram and Twitter respectively. Follow the show at Driven Woman podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. 
Looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to receiving your feedback. Until next time, stay driven.